from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. We're just basically sitting around. I try to drink 10 beers in an hour, get annihilated, curse a lot. Good Lord, Cofield. You have eaten your share of hot dogs in your life. Have you not? I'm an American. I don't want to be muzzled. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go to Tuesday, Cofield and Company. Ari's here. Steve Cofield. Adam Candy is with us as well. Big show on the way. We've got a Golden Knights game tonight on the road. So we'll see if going on the road is actually a good thing. Would have never said that. Would have never said that. The uh, opening years of existence for the Golden Knights. But uh, they are on the road. Problem is, they're going against a bear of a team. Uh, Many have the Avs as the favorite uh, in all of hockey to win the Stanley Cup title. So uh, trying to get some relief on the road, but they got (laughs) to find a way to carve out a win, break this streak against the Avalanche. All right, Candy, tell us what you think of the uh, Knights' chance in this game. What's going on, buddy? All right, man. Uh, Let's let's get this going because we got a pretty nice little sports day here between the World Series and the Golden Knights. Uh, VGK in Colorado tonight, and here's the one thing you can say for VGK going into this game, despite the fact that basically half the team is injured, and yes, of course, I'm being a little facetious there, uh, at least Colorado's having some of the same issues that the Golden Knights are. Uh, They let Philip Grubauer go to the Seattle Kraken, and Darcy Kemper came in from Arizona to lead the goaltending for Colorado, and it hasn't been pretty thus far. Save percentage of 888. Uh, that's a good thing to see when you're the Golden Knights, and not only are you not scoring, you're not playing a lot of defense either. So hopefully the Golden Knights can uh, make something out of what they have in the opponent's goaltending troubles and avoid their own. What about all the injury woes in terms of stepping up and – Trying to replace some of these guys. Well, this is what happens when you make the trades that the Golden Knights have made over the years, right? Think about who they have acquired via trade. Max Pacioretty, out. Mark Stone, out. Alec Martinez, out. Uh, Add in Zach Whitecloud, who is one of their emerging young defensemen. And, of course, Alex Tuck is basically going to miss half the season with the recovery from his shoulder injury. So, you know... I believe it was uh, David Shane put out stat earlier talking about how the guys who are out right now for the Golden Knights make up more than a majority of their scoring from last season. So, you know, ultimately for the Golden Knights, what it comes down to is the fact that you've got to tread water right now. This division isn't so good that you're going to struggle to make the playoffs. Because remember, last year they were dealing with the Avalanche being in their division in that weird COVID setup that they had with the Honda West. Uh, Now they're back in the traditional Pacific division. The Avalanche are not a division foe. They're not going to have to deal with them to make the playoffs, Uh, but they are going to have to deal with an Oilers team that lit them up pretty well just last week. Five o'clock start. Pre-game festivities start before that over on Fox Sports 1340. And right now, ooh, I think I got a bad price. Uh, Avalanche 180 in some spots. Uh, I saw it at 170, so you're getting the Knights back at one uh, plus one fifty five. You gonna fire? No, I want nothing to do with this. I mean, Whoa! We, we, 
No, no, no. No, thank you. I want nothing to do with this game. Uh, the Golden Knights are replacing too many spots. Uh, Zach Wyclaw being out just adds to that. I think what's going to be interesting for the Golden Knights, and we'll see this over the course of the next few weeks, is the fact that they stuck Max Pacioretty on long-term IR. That frees up $7 million of salary that they can use to try to fix this roster a little bit because, of course, they're right up against the cap the same way they were last year. We were watching Dylan Coughlin at right wing in game one. So the Golden Knights need to be able to use that patch already space, at least in the short term, to see if they can fortify this roster. It's Trending at 2, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. All right, NFL news trending at 2. Raiders make a move today in the last 40 minutes. Bye week, bye-bye to Willie Sneed, who I'm sure will have a chance to be added to another roster, but it just didn't work out for Sneed, the veteran receiver. Remember earlier, uh, well, much earlier in the season, before the final roster was set, uh, John Brown, smoke, was cut, so they brought in Brown and Sneed as insurance policies, Candy, I think, because they were figuring, hey, you know what, Ruggs, Edwards, one, need to step up, two, maybe they need to be pushed a little bit. Well, it worked. Um, You know, I'm not rooting for guys to lose their jobs, but in the end, uh, Ruggs and Edwards reacted well, and the two veteran receivers are now gone before the midway point of the season. I'm going to tell you who this speaks really well of, and you're not going to think that this is the natural answer it's not so much even rugs or edwards it's zay jones zay jones just kept hanging around and hanging around and everybody thought eventually zay jones would be some sort of roster casualty as they brought in willie sneed as they brought in john brown well look who's still there zay jones is still there i mean obviously they were going to give rope to rugs and to edwards because they're young they were both highly drafted they're going to get some opportunities we knew what the talent of hunter renfro was for this team And, of course, you have Darren Waller to be the number one receiver on most days. But, of course, what were you expecting Willie Sneed and or John Brown to do? Well, someone needed to replace the Nelson Aguilar role. Someone needed to be able to go deep consistently. And we know that Henry Ruggs has been able to do that this year for the Raiders. And Zay Jones has also shown the ability in limited use to be able to get Derek Carr's attention. Derek Carr loves him. He talks all the time about Zay Jones being out training over the summer and throughout uh, all of their off-season workouts, and he's the one who gets to stick around. Uh, his agent, Willie Sneed, uh, Rosenhaus, put a good spin on it, said he wasn't playing much and asked for the release. Uh, he says there will be a market for him, so we'll see. And by the way, John Brown, who latched on with the Broncos, was actually released, I think, this morning. So uh, for now, he's out of the AFC West after uh, multiple attempts with two different teams. I will do a little shout-out here, Candy, uh, in our Pick'em contest. So we can all win a trip to Hawaii. Well, we're not eligible, but the listeners are. We did a Pick'em contest straight up and a survivor pool up on LVSportsNetwork.com. Uh, right now on the show, those who participated, Ari is leading the way with 76 wins. He's seven out of first place. I only have 71. I think Willie just skipped out on a week because he's only got 63. So Ari looking like a football genius. The survivor pool, Ari, are you out? Do you even know if you're in the main pool anymore? Did you get it's, busted it's, from the uh, survivor pool? It's been said, it said just for fun from like week two. So right. you lost in week two. Yeah. It's like you're a disaster. You're a total it. disaster. Candy, do you, uh, you have any idea who I used for the survivor pick this last weekend? I believe you were crowing about this at the Westgate yeah, on Sunday yeah, morning yeah, that yeah. you had picked the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. How easy was that, my friend? 
as, <laughs> as easy as any pick'em game when it goes off will ever be. By the way, this is my new thing, is just to come on and anytime I'm right, I'm bragging. And yesterday was the last day well, I will ever admit on the show that I'm wrong on bets. That's it. It's only onward and upward and only success. I am going to follow the new mode of discussion and communication when it comes to picking games. Are you okay with that? I mean, I'm with the Joneses. I'm keeping up with the Joneses. It's only positive stuff now when I get selections correct. Don't worry about my incorrect picks. I'm going to start talking very cautiously in case you do that again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that really separates you from anybody else in the sports betting media space these days, yeah, so yeah, you just yeah. go ahead and go for it. Well, that, the, the difference is, I actually, we do run down every Friday. Uh, check that every Monday. I run down what my weekend picks were, uh, good and bad, because I think you have to do that. Um, so I want to go back to something yesterday that, that we discussed. You weren't on the show. It was Willie. And, you know, I, I, I saw the story unfold, and I was, ooh, I missed I missed an important factoid. Um, I got all over the Buccaneers fan who got the ball from Mike Evans, and I hadn't actually seen the clip of the negotiation against the wall and the fan immediately giving up the ball. So the way I gave it to the audience, and I apologize for this, was that, hey, here's the information of what he got for the ball. But I thought he'd kept the ball, and then it was like a negotiation the next day. So as it turned out, he got uh, some signed football, some signed jerseys. He got uh, season tickets for the rest of the games this year. He got season tickets for next year. He got a couple other goodies. And my take on it was, because I'm old, man. I need money. Like, I like retirement's coming up. Uh, I'm going to die or working or I actually get to retire. Right? So I think about this stuff now as an older guy, and I'm like, my God, Candy, that ball – the 600 touchdown ball could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I just annihilated the dude for not asking for a ton of money. Am I wrong? But you know what he got, don't you? You know what he really got. Well, I know what, well, are you, are you suggesting that he got something a lot better than what I mentioned in that little package? I, I am because I'm, I'm sure you listened to the Manning cast Last night on Monday Night Football. I, I did. We have we have the sound for this, and I think there's something in there that you're referencing, but I don't understand it, so I don't know what the hell it means. But I, you know, I felt bad. I was like, oh, man, I kind of got the story twisted a little bit. The guy got pressured on the, you know, uh, at the site at that moment to give up the ball. You know, he didn't have a chance to think it through and get his two or $300,000 from the super rich uh, Bungeon family. Uh, Brady kind of a hanger on in terms of earning power as compared to Giselle. Uh, listen to... Peyton and Eli and Brady. And this confirms, like, Brady basically is like, this guy is an idiot. Yeah, a lot of get the ball back. trying to get that. We got it back. So I got it back. Yeah. There was a lot of Where negotiation in order to get the ball back. Is the ball in Canton or have you made it into an NFT? Talk about what, what the ball is. <laughs> it's it's sur- shortly an NFT. You can autograph dot, autograph.io. You go there to bid on it. Uh, there's a lot of great things, auction items. Ah, oh, they're laughing all the way to the bank. Ah, oh, they're, they're just having a grand old time. Like, I think Brady is kidding, but maybe he's not. I don't know what an NFT is, but it sounds like you can make a lot of money on on this ball. I think I was on to something yesterday. Give us part two here. These, these guys are yucking it up. What an idiot this fan is. Memorabilia. My boy, Tim, negotiating with Byron, who gave to me. Byron realized he lost all of his leverage once he gave the ball away. He should have held it yeah. and then just get as much leverage as Amateur possible. Move. Yeah. So, if he would have held it, he would have been sitting in the Tom Brady suite for the rest of the season. But uh, 
amateur move on his part. Hey, it, I think it worked out pretty well. It just showed kind of what he got right there from it. But I'm also giving him a Bitcoin, which, I mean, that's pretty cool, too. So at the end of the day, I think he's still making out pretty well. All right, Candy, do we nail it? As Brady lies at the end, he knows. He knows he just freaking hosed this dude. Is the Bitcoin the big thing? Steve, the current value of the Bitcoin as of right now. Drum yes. roll, please. Yes. $62,061. Is that right? Well, I don't I don't know what that means, though. What is that? That means well, what you it, can. What does that mean? What does that mean? That we'll do it live. What does that you mean? Can change, oh, yeah. You can get somebody to pay you. Can you? To pay you, Steve Gofield, if you are holding that Bitcoin, yeah. and I don't know how you actually hold it because it doesn't exist, right. but I, if you're holding it, you can get $62,000 for it on the spot. You can go down right now to to your local pawn shop Wait and say, I've got a Bitcoin, and they're going to say to you, <laughs> Is that right? show me your Bitcoin, and they're, you're going to say, duh, you know I have a Bitcoin. I can't show it to you. You're going to say, give me $62,000, and they're going to say, okay, that's it. That's how it works. Sixty-two thousand. I don't. I don't think it works that way. I. I've, yep. I've watched. I'm a pawn uh, store expert now. I've watched that dopey show. Um, I don't think that's the way it works. Well, I think you're. I, I would expect I think an you're, old. Is, like, I would expect an old like you not to know. An old, dripping with sarcasm from Candy. So my rant yesterday, calling the fan a dumbass, especially for the fact that. He's a Bucks fan. It's not like you owe Brady 20 years of good work. If it was a Patriots fan, I could understand it. You know, you're falling over yourself to make sure Brady gets his memorabilia. Folks, if you get the break of a lifetime and someone hands you a collectible like this, you don't give it up. You make it into a war. Otherwise, the next day, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are laughing at you on national TV. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at Two. It's a refi-rated Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. That jersey on Peyton's that, looking pal. a little tighter than I remember. Yeah, 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 okay. What's happening okay. over there? Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Yep, you got a guy like Alex uh, Guerrero on your side, Dr. Al. Right, Candy? You're all jacked up. Well, in his case, Brady's uh, ultra thin in shape. Uh, what, 44 going on 21, and you get to mock on uh, five heads like Eli Manning and Peyton Manning. I, was he going after Eli for being a bit chunky or Peyton? Well, Peyton's wearing the Eli jersey, so that's why it looked uh, as oh, bad as it did. But, you know, you if go. you're... If you're Tom Brady and you're 44 years old and playing the National Football League, obviously you and only you have the secrets to becoming a long-lasting superstar, right? Like you got to sell those. You got to get those out. Everybody's got to buy the TB12 diet. Everybody's going to buy all the TB12. Sell, sell, so sell. They can also be 44-year-old pro athletes. Yep. Sell, sell, sell. I bet you Giselle is telling him. No, oh, no more comments about Giselle. That's coming up in about 10 minutes. Scary stuff there. I'm not wading into those waters. Ever again. Adam Candy is here on a Tuesday. It's Cofield. All right. Monday night football recap. Normally a game of that ilk. Low scoring, ugly, rain. There's not much to talk about, but there actually is a lot to speak about. Uh, before we get to some of the criticism now being lobbed the way of Pete Carroll. And these things happen when you don't have a Russell Wilson, right? These things happen. Uh, first of all, the game itself at the quarterback position, was one for the ages. Uh, I like Jameis Winston, and I'm going to start on Jameis because Gino, it, what that was, uh, yeah, he's bad. Um, 
What do you think of Jameis Winston in that game? I was not impressed. So, Jameis Winston was enough, right? Right. And if you're the New Orleans Saints, <laughs> well, that's not, that's you, not, you that's know not what a, your expectations yeah, are, right? Thanks for backing me up. That, not, I'm not impressed. <laughs> Jameis was enough. Yes. Yeah, that's that's they won it. the game, right? Like, you don't look at Jameis Winston in the rain in Seattle and think, "Here comes Jameis, our savior." Right, you know, like right. that's not the game you're going to play and be able to win it. I mean, Jameis wasn't great; like, he did not play all that well. The thing of it is, he had Geno Smith against him on the other side, and so does that give me a lot of confidence about uh, Jameis Winston going home against the Bucks this week? Actually, not bad. I, I don't feel all that badly Ooh, about man. him going home into the controlled environment of the dome uh, and being able to let the ball fly against his old team a little bit. I'm not. Th- I, I don't think that game was indicative. I thought he. I thought he was late on lots of stuff. He wasn't seeing the field. He was having to tuck too much. I know he was under some pressure. Um, but yeah, I guess we can give the Seahawks were playing some rough defense on the receivers because there were a bunch of mix-ups throughout the game. On the flip side, uh, Geno Smith. Hooks up for an 84-yard touchdown with DK Metcalf. Metcalf, I thought, threw the defender to the ground. I thought it was pretty obvious, but uh, they let him run free, and he goes for a touchdown. The rest of the way, what were these numbers for Geno Smith? They have 21 more attempts outside of the Metcalf touchdown pass, 83 yards total gained on 21 attempts. It's, it's clear, if it weren't already, that Russell Wilson is this team – which is interesting because if we go back to the offseason, right, when Russ tried to pull an A-Rodj, John Schneider, the GM, and Pete Carroll shut him down real quickly. I'm sure that pissed off. C- I'm not talking about Ciara. Not wading into those waters. Not doing it anymore. Um, but Carroll shut him down pretty quickly. And now that you look at it, and Pete Carroll kind of joked about it last night, but I wonder in the Wilson household if they're like, you you wouldn't listen to us. Yeah, Pete Carroll said, I've been here a long time, and if we didn't have Russell, I probably wouldn't have been here a long time. Wow, that would have been a nice admission when Russell Wilson was asking for more decision-making responsibilities last offseason and at the end of last season. This is an interesting twist. Is it not, Candy? Pete Carroll didn't know what he had until it was gone. <laughs> yeah. And no way he was going to give away that kind of trade leverage in, in the offseason. But, of course, what what was it about the Seattle team that we were looking at and saying, oh, well, you know, I mean, obviously, outside of Russell Wilson, they're still in pretty good shape. No. no. We talked about the defense all last year uh, and the fact that they spent two first-round picks on Jamal Adams and the fact that they had no pass rush Ugh. to speak of whatsoever yep. they trade for carlos dunlap mid-season last year and you know we did an interview on uh, the morning show with mina kimes i said who's going to be the most important player outside of russell wilson she said carlos dunlap I'm like oh okay well look at the rest of this team look at what you've seen i don't think anyone doubted that russell wilson was the engine that made everything go it's just that pete carroll has never been able to to let go of his love of the running game enough to let russ oh god i'm gonna say it cook well you know what's great about Carroll and the supposed love of the running game, why don't they go and get a big-time running back or simply make a real change to the running back core that is never healthy? That's what I don't get about this. Hey, Russ, we're not going to let you throw. We're going to lean on our run game. Okay, well, are we going to bring in running backs? 
Alex Collins again? You know, Rashad Penny's just getting healthy. DJ Dallas, uh, where is the big-time running back to anchor this Carroll run game? I remember years ago down at the old uh, Hotel San Remo, I think I saw a club set by DJ Dallas. It was really awesome. <laughs> I love San um, Remo. Yeah, good good uh, EDR. Real good EDR. Some, oh, yeah, really. Good, some good fatty, good fatty roast beef I had one day. Oh, I thought that was your nickname back when you worked <laughs> that, at the San Remo, Fatty Roast Beef. That actually was. When I was a ticket writer uh, for, yeah. at the time, Leroy's, I, I didn't have Steve on my name tag. It was just Fatty Roast Beef. Yeah, Fatty Roast Beef. I remember, I remember you. you. You were, you hey, were very fatty friendly. Roast beef. I, was, I want to put I was a fire team. <laughs> <laughs> Running backs get hurt. It's what happens. The position needs to be replaceable because the, look at the Baltimore they're, Ravens. They're, they're always hurt. It's a common denominator here every year. They're always hurt. Carson and Penny and freaking Alex Collins. They're always hurt. You know who played like 10 snaps essentially for the Raiders? That was Josh Jacobs this past week. You know what they did? They blew the Eagles out. The position needs right, but, to be but, but, replaceable. But the but the Raiders aren't relying on the run game. Oh, the last two weeks maybe not. They John backed, Gruden they, they loved his off. run game some. <laughs> they backed off a little bit. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Mina Kimes. Here's Mina Kimes uh, really getting into Pete Carroll, not in a good way. Uh, she is not happy with what she's seen in recent times from uh, PDC. Unless there's some dramatic changes, it has to be on the table. And that's hard for me to say. I think Pete Carroll is a tremendous leader, clearly beloved by his players, one of the most successful coaches in Seattle sports history, frankly. But, uh, you know, I've watched every decision he's made as the Seahawks coach. And there's been too many bad ones, too many issues with clock management. I'm talking recent years, uh, too many punts in opponents territory, too much conservative play calling back. That, that includes when Russell Wilson was the quarterback. Amazing with with Russell Wilson. And then she turns to last night, which was horrendous at times. You're, you're freaking slamming your head against a brick wall trying to run the ball. You can point to last night and say, well, Geno Smith's not a good quarterback, hence some of the decisions to run the ball. I don't care if it's Geno Ariema under center. You don't run the ball into the teeth of the Saints' defense over and over and over and expect a different result. They faced 11 eight-man boxes. They ran into nine of them for one yard's per carry. I think what we're seeing right now is that Russell Wilson, as Pete Carroll kind of admitted there, covered up for a lot of the issues uh, in Seattle. Now this is where it gets scary because Stephen A is laying back and Stephen A is getting ready to talk football and Stephen A is getting ready to counter Mina Kimes. I think I believe him on his take here, but he uh, he does not agree. Pete Carroll deserves more respect. With all due respect, I really don't know what the hell is wrong with y'all right now. Pete Carroll has coached the Seahawks for the last 11 seasons. Okay. He's made the playoffs nine times. The last three years, he went to the playoffs three years ago with 10 wins. Went to the playoffs two years ago with 11. Went to the playoffs last year with 12. And we're looking at him and saying, well, you know what? I don't know. I mean, it might be time. I mean, wait a minute now. <laughs> but if there is an individual that has deserved somebody just simply saying that, look, coach, what the hell are you doing? Could you change this up and give it an opportunity to change it up? It would be him because it's not like we're looking at somebody that missed the playoffs. I say yeah, one more year. They man. didn't miss the playoffs because they have one of the best quarterbacks in football. There you go. Touche. I, I, I love the first take moments when it just. All right. Who wins? Because someone's got to win. It's embrace debate. Mina, Stephen A. 
Mina wins, but Stephen A has a point that I understand. Mm. He has a point that I understand to say Pete Carroll has the track record, right? And I think that's natural. You look at it and you say, okay, a guy who has won that many games and made the playoffs that many times. But here's the thing. If I gave you one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the NFL and said, here come the results over the last few years, and the results include zero Super Bowls, not even winning a Super Bowl, just getting there. In the NFL, if you have one of those elite quarterbacks, you should be consistently competing for the Super Bowl, not going out in the first round, not being happy with getting a wild card. So you can say that if you've had Russell Wilson performing at the peak of his talents, then why are you not going farther than you've gone? It is a reasonable question to ask. And at this point now, the Seahawks are being exposed for what they don't have. Yep. Isn't it obvious what's going to happen at the end of this year? I mean, it is glaringly obvious, is it not? Candy? I don't know who's going to win this power struggle. You think you know who's winning this one? Oh, I don't think there's a power struggle. I think Pete Carroll is gone. He will walk. And then I think they go to a rebuild. I think they're both gone. I don't think Russell Wilson is going to want to play for a new coach and be part of kind of a, a mini retooling. I think they go with a complete rebuild, and I think both guys are gone. And I'm I'm guessing that Russell Wilson, because part of it's John Snyder, uh, part of it's ownership, I'm, I'm guessing Russell Wilson looks at this and he's like, hmm, okay. And I, I know he doesn't have this type of personality, but you know maybe someone around him does. Uh, you can be a little bit bitter about the way everything was handled at the end of last year. You read the story, um, you know, talking about you know some midseason, I don't know, like week ten or eleven meetings where Wilson was very frustrated, and they were basically, he, you know, he laid out the case, and he's like, "Hey, I really need some more input here," and they're like, "Get out, leave the room." You think that goes away? You don't think there's some lingering bitterness on that? And now Russell Wilson sees his team blows without him. Pete Carroll, I think, is going to walk, and then the organization will be like, "Hey, Russ, let's rebuild." Let's go. Come on. We're going to retool. And he's going to be like, no, I gave you a list last year. I want to be traded now. I'm done. So I think they're both gone. I don't see Pete Carroll walking away from that job. and I don't see ownership saying to him after a season in which they had their best player out for a significant period of time that he has to leave. But of course, does Russell Wilson want to come back? I don't know. What I do know is that if the Seahawks want to trade Russell Wilson, if they want to do it pre-June 1, it's a $39 million dead cap charge on Russell Wilson. If they do it after June 1st, it's a $26 million dead cap charge on Russell Wilson. That's a little bit more manageable. But of course, how many teams out there have the market where they're going to give up the kind of capital that if the Seahawks are going into a rebuild, that they're going to demand? Because if we get a market set for Deshaun Watson here in the next couple of weeks, there's no chance that Seattle's taken less than 90% of that. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. You know, I, I've told those guys time and time again, I have three priorities in my life. I have my wife, I have my children, and I have the players. So that's the same thing when I was just doing special teams, and it hasn't changed here. And, I, you know, I, I, we end a lot of the meetings at the end, night before the game, is you just got to try to find a way to have more fun than you've ever had before. And sometimes in this league, the only way to have fun is to win games. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Professor Basaccia, I like that. You got to win. You got to win to have fun, right? But you got to have fun. 
That's the bottom line, right? At work, you got to have fun, right? We try to have fun, but we try to be structured. Structured, but fun. Fun, but structured. It's funny, today I was out at UNLV basketball practice, and we got a chance to talk to Kevin Kruger. We got a chance to talk to some of the newer players. Donovan Williams, fascinating kid. We'll have uh, some of that audio tomorrow. Jordan McCabe, really smart dude. It's like Marvin Coleman 1 and Marvin Coleman 2. They've now got two Marvin Colemans. Very impressive. Very impressive. But I did notice McCabe mentioned that he loves the culture, the family atmosphere around Kruger. And he said Kevin Kruger, I don't want to misquote him here, but the basic theme was uh, Kruger pushes the love of the game and that McCabe was hoping to get his love of the game back. Not that he lost it, but that he loves the game, but, you know, maybe Huggy Bear at West Virginia, it gets a little bit tough. You know, he's kind of a grizzled old bear-type dude and can be a little cranky. Pot calling the kettle black, right? Me calling someone else cranky, but he can be a little bit cranky. Um, So football, Adam Candy, doesn't have to back to football. Football doesn't have to be hardcore and serious all the time. Well... That's unless you start talking about certain subjects that apparently are off limits. You can't joke anymore. Oh, boy. You know, I I mentioned to start the show Tom Brady and this 600-touchdown pass football that was given away by Mike Evans. Hey, last night, Brady and Peyton and Eli had a lot of fun talking about what a dumb schnook the fan is. He took nothing for the ball, right? They they were laughing, (laughs) but they were having fun, right? So, fun. There's nothing wrong with fun. Um, CBS thought it had a funny moment during the game. So they're like, you know what? Hey, here's Romo kind of joking around a little bit about the negotiations along the wall. Listen to Tony Romo here and having fun? Or did he just say something that warrants an apology or maybe even firing? Great negotiations in NFL history. (laughs) Right here, he's like, we need that ball. That's 600. What? Really? So what do you want? A million? No. Oh, a this, day with this, Giselle. This a day off. with Giselle and I'm in. Tom? Okay, Tom will do it. He'll love it. One time. You got it. Wow. Jim Nance laughing at that. Uh, you know, Candy, it's funny. I played that for the significant other. Uh, she is a woman. And without telling her any of the story, she was like, that was funny. She laughed. Oh, boy. She is in trouble. My girlfriend is in a lot of trouble. So here's the deal. Romo is in trouble for apparently objectifying and treating Giselle Bungeon like a piece of meat. Can you believe this is happening? Can we play it one more time? Maybe I missed it. Uh, is this funny? Objectifying piece of I uh, Unbelievable the way he's treating Giselle. Great negotiations in NFL history. <laughs> right here. He's like, we need that ball. That's 600. What? Really? So what do you want? A million? No. Oh, a this, day with this, Giselle. This a day off. with Giselle, and I'm in. Tom? Okay, Tom will do it. He'll love it. One time, you got it. And, Candy, I will take it behind the curtain. When I did play the audio for uh, the significant other, she laughed, and then I just glared at her for, like, 45 seconds. It, it got it got very icy. It got very icy. It was, it was very uncomfortable. Um, are you mad? Are you mad at Romo for, for saying what he did about Giselle? So you're telling me, first of all, 
it was icier than the usual 45 second silence when you guys stopped talking. Yes, yes. We just okay. That happens all the time. We just glare at each other like it's just just casual conversation. Someone says something. I mean, it's eggshells all the time. We're just on eggshells all the time. Um, the I know a good therapist. So, okay. um, you talk about Tony Romo and what he said, and if it's my job to get mad, um, <laughs> I, I don't know that. I don't know yeah. that it's my job to to get mad about it. If, if Giselle wants to get mad about it, Giselle can get mad about it. Because what is really the core of this? Uh, are we joking that Tom Brady can treat Giselle like a possession? That Tom Brady makes the decisions about, well, here, you know, take my money or take my wife. Like, you know, it's, it's definitely wow. some, it's definitely some, uh, some, let, let's say at very, 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 very best old school thinking and in the modern world, kind of ridiculous. Hmm. Uh, I got so pissed off when I saw this, I had to write it out. So just bear with me. My anger. All right. Just, just in case you need to dump me, I might curse here. Do you want music, like somber music in the background? No, 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 no. We're not mocking on this. This is a very serious incident, and I got, I got, I got very mad this morning, and I'm trying to stay calm. Um, here are my thoughts. Uh, Giselle Bungeon is an incredibly accomplished woman, and in many parts of the world, she is more well-known and recognizable than her husband. She is a stalwart environmentalist, an activist for numerous causes, a best-selling author, businesswoman, and mother, but, you know, that moment on Sunday, she was reduced to a piece of property that should be passed around like a bowl of Halloween candy for a piece of memorabilia? That's where we are now? $18 million a year CBS pays Romo. And that's the kind of filth, filth we get. Filth. That setback... Many women, dozens of years. Sickening. Candy. Sickening. Are you okay? You alright? Oh, no, 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 no. It's no. Hey. Hey. You're just doing a job. Um... I actually didn't think any of that or write that. That was from a Shalice Manza Young, who is, I got to tell you, I read her on a regular basis. She is hitting home runs out of the freaking park the last few weeks for Yahoo Sports. Yeah, she actually wrote that. Those were those were the two opening paragraphs um, that Giselle does not deserve this kind of treatment, and she was passed around like a bowl of Halloween candy. Hey, hey. I know which subjects are not mine to weigh in on and how women would feel about that. Sure as hell, one of them. Uh, By by the way, I'm going to shut up and listen. I'm glad you said one of them. Because there was only one uh, purse. There was only one person in my house this morning who got really mad at this. And it wasn't me. It was once I read those comments from this columnist to the significant other, she flipped out. And then stare at you icily for 45 seconds. But but here's, and then she stared at me. But here's where we are. Like, I think, I think you're kind of being serious and you're like, no comment. No comment. Uh, Right? I am being serious in that I know damn well when it's time to shut up. 
And this is, and I'm not saying time to shut up because I'm going to get canceled. No, that's, I don't care. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about my opinion is not the one anybody needs to hear on this. Like, and I know, hey, sports talk radio, you don't have an opinion? No, I haven't. Here's my opinion. Listen to what women have to say about it. Listen to what Giselle has something to say about it if she wants to. It's not my opinion that ultimately matters here. Do I like it? No, I don't think it's the right choice by Tony Romo, but it doesn't, what does that matter to you or anybody else? Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. You know, it's a great blue-collar town. There's a lot of great people that live there. It's got a lot of history, that city. But I have a ton of respect for Mike. I think he's a fantastic coach. I think he's – I love the way that he leads. I love the way he talks after the games. He always seems to keep things, uh, you know, really even-keeled. You know, it looks like he's somebody that the players, players love playing for him. Now – Back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. That's Aaron Rodgers talking about Mike Tomlin. Wait, was that like an off-season clip? Tell me where that came from. I want to get to that. I want to build on that here in a second. Cofield Candy, Cofield and Company, Tuesday. So, Candy, I got to follow up on one thing with the outrage from some on the Tony Romo joke about saying, uh, you know, offering up, I thought jokingly, uh, Giselle Bungeon for a date, you know, for the 600 uh, TD pass ball that was handed. <laughs> Unfortunately, Mike Evans didn't know, so he gave it to a fan. Uh, so Romo joked on air, CBS then posted the video, and there's a lot of people who were like, tasteless, man, crude on Romo's part. You were just saying that, uh, I, I don't want to misquote you, but maybe it's not your place to comment on it. Um Do we need to stop as males speaking about male-female issues, male-female communication issues? Isn't that the isn't that the best way to hash hash through it? Is to have a conversation, or we just leave it all to women to tell us? So, in that situation, Cofield, who goes first? Who should we be listening to first? Because I don't want the first opinion of did Tony Romo offend women to come from a dude. It's pretty much it. Okay, right? well, I mean, I just I just painted a scenario for you. At home, and I blank you not, there was no, there was no uh, hey, here's what the story is. I, I presented it to a female that I lean on for opinions, my girlfriend. Then we heard from a columnist at Yahoo, one uh, Shalise Manza Young. Uh, she was outraged by it. A girlfriend was not. We're going to talk to Lindsay Zarniak next hour, so we'll ask her, but... I don't see if, like, if it is offensive, I don't see how we work through these things if we don't, if both sides uh, of the gender equation don't talk this out. So you use a great example of the Yahoo columnist and your significant other, and it just goes to show exactly what we should be taking in, which is the fact that just because we say how do women think that they don't think as a monolith, it's not a monolith. They think as individual yeah. people. And obviously, they, obviously, they, they, uh, I mean, I haven't really given my opinion on it. Um, I was a little bit blown away that uh, people were offended by it. Obviously, we disagree as males that we're not a monolith, and we're not certainly in agreement on this show. So, but I think the the only way to to work things out is to talk it out. But I but I we are creating an environment now where I I'll be honest, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to bother even getting into it. Now, it, it's, I think it's unbelievable sports talk fodder, right? Because we have an audience that we're trying to grow. You know, it's probably like 12% women. We know, you know, among sports fans, what's the, the female, you know, the, the split between males and females. I don't know what it is, 70, 30, 60, 40, whatever it is. 
Uh, so we've got people out there who I think are very interested in this sort of topic. But if we're afraid on Sports Talk Radio and we're like, as guys, it's not our place, I think we're in a weird position. I'm not saying it's not our place entirely. I'm saying it's not our place to lead it. I'm saying it's, if you want to listen and see what people are saying, go for it. All right. Well, go for it and then weigh in on that. But how... What good does it do anybody? Here's a, the first thing is us coming in. I, right. I'm not going to be offended on anybody else's behalf. Right. You don't need that from me. Twitter and Facebook and Instagram have that cornered. You don't need me to add to that with all the outrage that other people have. All right, well, here's an issue on Sports Talk Radio. Let's wait for women to comment on this. We have none on the air. Like, we have Heidi on Raider Nation Radio 920, and then where, where else are they turning? Our guest, like we, I think we book as many female guests because I want that perspective um, as much as possible. But I guess we can wait a couple of days. Well, in our case, we can no, wait until we can wait until three forty-five when Lindsay Zarniak from Fox is on. Well, you can also wait until you have exactly what you just said, which is takes from a couple of women to discuss. Right? If we're out there in the front, and the fr- and the first thing we do is we play the Romo clip, and you and I say, "I'm offended by that." Were we the ones who were offended? No. Are women waiting for us to weigh in and say we're offended? I highly doubt it. So why are we the ones to be the arbiters of these things? I don't think so. I just don't think that's that's the spot. I mean, you can ask my opinion. I'll tell you my opinion. And in the end, what the hell does it matter? Really? What the hell is it? Are we, are we just going to add to the discourse? If we can add to the discourse, that's fine. But why are we the ones out there leading the front of it. it. To me, that just doesn't make sense. Where There's so many things that we don't have the experience of. Ha- We've never been discussed that way. You think, I, I, mean, I don't think so, Steve. I don't think anyone has ever offered you as an exchange for a date for a piece of memorabilia, okay. although you have lived an interesting life. So yes. I don't know necessarily um, if that's happened. But assuming you haven't, you have no relevant experience to it, uh, then... What? You're not the one offended? So I'm a big radio listener, right? Big radio listener. Love sports radio. Uh, so I am curious to hear the conversations on this, and I'll be listening in the next couple of days to see what people are, are saying about this. Um, I I thought yesterday's Coward show was, was very good. There was a bunch of good topics on the show, and uh, I'm glad that he can be a voice of the West Coast because I think – Pacific time zone markets and topics are really poorly represented. Um, I'll give you an example, and I don't want to smash the guys that we should have them on, but I heard Freddie Coleman and Ian Fitzsimmons, who are based in uh, Dallas, I believe, with Fitzsimmons and Bristol with Freddie, and they were giving their opinions on the USC football job, and I'm like, these guys have rarely been to L.A. They don't talk to people in L.A. They don't know what they're talking about. So I like when Cowherd steps up. And listen, he doesn't mean he's always right, but he was trying to give a feel yesterday for what the USC job is, the type of coach they need. And his point is, for the most part, he doesn't really see a lot of college coaches who are going to bring enough sizzle. But here was Cowherd yesterday talking about the USC job and who they should be going after. If you go look at Miami and USC at their history, who succeeded? Coaches that also worked in the NFL. John McKay, uh, Pete Carroll, John Robinson, Or you go to Miami, Dennis Erickson, Jimmy Johnson, Butch Davis, kind of guys that also fit in the NFL. If I'm USC, 
I've said I would go hire a pro coach. I would go hire Doug Peterson from the Philadelphia Eagles. I'd make a run at everybody. I'd make a run at Matt Rule, Carolina. I'd offer him $10, $12 million a year. Uh, Mike Tomlin, of course I would offer it to him. I love that idea. On the way back, we'll get the reaction from Mike Tomlin. Does he want the USC job? Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.